Hey, everybody, we are back on another episode of Speak to the Beak. Oh. I, <laughs> I am Tim the Ferds, joined again by Lou, the big daddy. Lou, what's going on this week with you? Not too much. Been busy, you know, cashing checks and snapping necks, kissing babies, shaking hands, you know. So the good stuff only. Basically. All right. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to continue with our kind of recap slash preview, mostly a preview of the week nine games that are coming up. Um, Lou is a degenerate. So of course he will always have some betting insight for you. I'm more here just to talk about football. As you know, I don't really care what kind of game it is. I'm there for it. Uh, as always, we are recording right before the Thursday night football game starts. We have the 49ers practice squad against the Green Bay Packers. Should be a good one. <laughs> um, by the time you hear this, that game will be over already. So we're just going to get started deep dive into the Sunday games. Of course, the NFL can't schedule the games properly, and there's only three games at 4 o'clock and, you know, whatever, eight or nine games at 1 o'clock, which is the absolute worst. Um, but we're just going to get right into it. So. First game on the slate here, we have the Denver Broncos, uh, currently fueled by healthy Drew Locke, at the Atlanta Falcons, who I do not trust whatsoever. Uh, I guess, Lou, I'll let you take this one. So I, uh, I know your opinions on Drew Locke and Denver. So, you know, we have talked in length about that. But I just want to say I really like the way Atlanta's been playing as of late. Um, even before the firing of Dan Quinn, this team was very close to having a significantly better record. Um, I mean, how many drives did they blow in the fourth quarter, you know, to, so they've been in almost every game this year. And I got to tell you, I really, other than the Broncos defensive line, which is actually quite scary. And that defense is just sneaky good. You know, they definitely don't get the recognition they deserve because of the losses they have. But their offense also hasn't been performing to the level we wish they uh, we wish they did. So it's kind of interesting. But like I said, I think I just because of Atlanta's play of late and Matt Ryan just slinging the rock, I really like Atlanta here. Um, you know, I, we've all been waiting for Drew Locke to take the uh, step up. So he's got to beat Atlanta if he wants to move in that right direction because this should be an easy win for Denver, and I don't know if it's going to be. Uh, well, actually, Denver's getting points, which is crazy. Uh, I think it's crazy. I, don't know. I think it should be closer to, like, a pick because you have Atlanta's offense, who is pretty good, but their defense is horrendous. And then, like you said, Denver's defense is pretty good, even without Von Miller, uh, but their offense has not been as good. Now, uh, since they got Drew Locke back, they've been, uh, they've been a lot better, but he still got throttled by the Chiefs, but I'm not going to really hold that against Denver because uh, they kind of do that to everyone they play. So, uh, I mean, beat New England and then came back last week from 13 down. We'll talk about the Chargers and their collapsing habits later because <laughs> um, that's all they do is blow leads. Between them and Atlanta, they've, I, don't, I wonder what, like, how many points combined of leads worth that they've blown this season because um, all, that's all they do. I just don't trust Atlanta. I mean, they're probably the better team right now because they're healthier than Denver, except Ridley is kind of up in the air as of this recording, uh, which would not be good for Julio and friends because then you could just kind of shade um, coverage that way. So it, sound, it sounds like you're taking Atlanta, but I think it's going to be a close game. Yeah, so Atlanta um, Atlanta's getting four, giving four, sorry. 
Um, the over-under is at 50. So I really like the over here because I just, like I said, I think it's an important game for Drew Locke. So I think he's going to actually have a good offensive game. Atlanta is obviously going to have a good offensive game. And both defenses have, like I said earlier, been somewhat, especially Atlanta's defense has been very disappointing. So I think the over definitely hits as far as the four points. I don't know. I think it is going to be a close game. And really the four points I feel like is just because Matt Ryan is playing at home. So they gave him three points and then think it's going to be a one point sway. Um, I guess <laughs> I guess I'd have to take Denver just because they're just uh, and not Denver to win. I think Atlanta does win, but I think Denver keeps it tight here. So um, yeah, that's my pick. I think Denver covers too. Um, I think Atlanta's offense is good enough that it kind of opens us up for a shootout because Denver doesn't really let their offense go unless it's like the, the game calls for that. So I'd like to see Drew Locke in a game where they actually ask him to throw, like in the second half of last Sunday's game against the Chargers. Like they were running the ball the whole game. They weren't getting anything done. They kind of let Locke open up in the second half, and here they come storming back. So I wonder if that will carry over into this week or if they're going to fall into the uh, Vic Fangio trap of run the ball and play defense. So I'm, yeah, I'm going to take Denver to cover. Yeah, I like it. The last thing I'm going to say there is uh, – I think they just need to let Drew Locke do his thing. That's it. I mean, I think it's been very bad coaching. Uh, I understand that they've been riddled with injuries. I get it. But you need to let the man throw the ball because he's sitting there saying he should be considered one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Prove it. Let's see it. Got to let him play to find out. Uh, So the next game on the slate, which is probably my favorite non-Chiefs game of the 1 o'clock slate, Seattle Seahawks going to Buffalo. so you have Russell Wilson, who is currently, to me, uh, the leader for the NFL MVP. I guess Josh Allen, who up until like two or three weeks ago was in the conversation, at least, uh, for MVP. He was playing, playing really well. Uh, I think this game is going to have a ton of points, which, if you know me at all, you know I love. Because the only team that I like to play defense is the Chiefs. If anyone else is playing it, I don't like it. I don't like points. Um, the Seahawks receivers and Russell Wilson are nasty. And Buffalo's defense, which is concerning me now, because that's normally the strong point of their team. They have not been good this year. Um, We know Seattle's defense can't stop a soul. So Josh Allen should pretty much have all day to throw the ball around the field. So I'm expecting like, I don't know what the over on this game is. I hope you have it, but whatever it is, I'm taking the over. All right. The over is at 55. Uh, Seattle's favored by three. I got to tell you, Tim, um, I love Seattle here. Uh, yes, their defense sucks balls, but (laughs) Buffalo hasn't been able to score points. I don't care. You know, like they played the jets and the jets kept it real tight. I don't even think Buffalo scored a touchdown in that game. They did not. They attempted eight field goals. That's insane. Okay. So I, yes, I'm concerned about the bills defense, but I'm more concerned about the bills offense. I do not think this is a three point game. I do not think this is a close game. Uh, weather pending, I have to check into that because last I saw, it was just going to be a regular good old football day up in Buffalo. Um, I think this is a blowout win for Seattle, and Buffalo's getting the Sunday scaries. Oh, see, I think normal weather actually helps Buffalo because Josh Allen's got kind of erratic still. And, like, you saw the Chiefs game in the rain. He literally couldn't hit, like, a three-yard drag route. So, well, I, I, I mean, yeah. if you want to, yeah, if you want to make the argument that like the quarterback's going to play better in clear weather, I'll give you that. But 
But the thing is, like, he's in Buffalo. He should be used to these crazy conditions because. Correct. I mean, it's sunny there three days a year. <laughs> no, I just think, I think Seattle, well, no, that's, that's false. Seattle's not the better team. They just have Russell Wilson, um, which, which makes them the better team. Like, if you had to pick a roster, I think you'd take Buffalo's roster because Seattle's top three players are really good. But after that, they don't really have anything. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Cause you're looking uh, at I, Okay. I agree with that. I okay. like, <laughs> like I'm a big, I'm actually a big Jordan Poyer guy. Um, so I just think it's just been weird. It's the same thing. Like we said on last week's podcast is like Buffalo's coming in and like, they're allowing a ton of yards uh, on the ground, which, which is, is so weird. So very weird. surprising. Yeah. Um, you know, and then when, after that, the, the, the secondary is getting all pissed off and they're just coming out here making these stupid flagrant penalties. I don't know what's going on there, but the, like they need to get it together. And I just don't see them getting it together against one of the hottest offenses in football right now. Correct. Uh, the one thing I'm looking forward to though, uh, Tredavious white shadowing DK Metcalf. That'll hopefully. Cool. That's I, be cool. Yes, that I would love to see because Metcalf's been on fire. Um, and obviously, Tredavious White is, if he's not the best corner in football, he's top three or four, whatever. He's really good. Um, so I'm also going to take Seattle in this game. Uh, I'm pretty much ready to move on. I, I don't really think the, you know, Seattle traveling all the way east really affects their the game that much because they kind of play the same game every week. They have no pass rush. They have no secondary Russell Wilson's just there to save them every game. So, like, it doesn't matter where they play. It's going to be the same formula. <laughs> yeah, plus I'm thinking these coast games, right? I'm kind of j- just really quick to add before we move on to the next one. Um, I'm starting to think that the coast and coast teams have this advantage because they always have to travel anyway. So maybe travel is not such a big deal for someone like Seattle because there's no stadium near them. So they have a minimum three-hour flight everywhere they go anyway. You know, so yeah. uh, I'm, I mean, adding another three hours onto that, I don't think travel really affects Seattle Seahawks. It's like you said, you're going to get the same thing. They're going to put four up front. It's going to be no pass rush. Josh Allen's going to have all day. It's whether he can make the throws. That's it. Just to let you guys in on uh, what happens with me and Lou outside of Beak Branch stuff, we're just texting on the weekends. Nor I think it was two weeks ago when they played Arizona, and it was just like, can Seattle ever just play a regular game where they just like go out and beat someone like, 28 to 17 and it's really not that close and the answer is no they can never do that because what happens is they get a lead and the other team starts passing they have no pass rush and now here we have a game um with, with we, that said though did you notice that seattle has been three-point favorites almost every week yeah because vegas is so dumb to think they'll ever win by more than a, a one possession game whether it be a field goal or a safety it doesn't matter despite having the current leader for nfl mvp on this yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is insane. Um, let's go to the next one. Even though I like I like that matchup a lot. Uh, this one kind of bores me because it's the Bears who literally can't get a first down. Um, yeah, I know. Against the Titans who it's just run, 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 play action. Um, I'm curious to see who you have in this game because when I was looking at the, the line, I, I didn't want to touch this one. Okay, so uh, the line, Tennessee favored six and a half over under 47. Yeah, I, don't like that. I would tell you I'd – do not want to go anywhere near the over-under. Um, but with this game, right, Tennessee is the better football team. Tennessee has the better run game. Tennessee has the better pass game. Tennessee has the better wide receivers. I love Tennessee so much here. But if you love something, Tim, you have to let it go. I'm taking Chicago plus six and a half. 
yeah, you definitely, I think if I had to pick, I, I think I'd take the points um, as well. See what I, well, I know, well, you currently hate them, but uh, Tennessee losing last week to Cincinnati did not see that one coming. No, I want Tennessee dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Lou is currently mad at them because they cost him a lot of money or potential money. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, Tennessee is kind of just like poor man Seattle. They don't have any pass rush. Now they did just steal Desmond King somehow from the Chargers, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Because like, what a listen! I will trade fifth and sixth round picks for former Pro Bowl players every day of the week. Because um, who am I drafting in the sixth round? Nobody. I might as well get someone I know has talent. Um, I, listen, we know this team is super reliant on Der- Derrick Henry, which you know obviously he's a really good player. Um, Chicago's run defense is really good. Do you think Henry's going to be running the ball up and down the field against the Bears defense? I think they're going to try. I don't think they can. Yeah, well. <laughs> I don't know. You know, listen, I'll tell you, I think um, the, here's a stat line that would not surprise me. 26 attempts, 87 yards. That would not surprise me at and all. Potentially a touchdown, yeah. Pot- yeah, I mean, he, he's going to – He's. I don't think he's going to break one. Um, because it's not easy to move the ball against that. And honestly, I think um, you've seen that, you know, a lot of times you say, oh, it's easy. Just, uh, you know, they're going to stack the box against Derrick Henry and you could throw. Tannehill could not throw last week either. So, um, you know, stack on the box, stop Derrick Henry, and then you just let Ryan Tannehill stop Ryan Tannehill. And that was their best defense that they could come up with because Cincinnati's defense has not been what we would consider good. I was going to say, keep in mind, they played the Bengals last week who literally can't get out of their own way. Yeah, no, I mean, that you want to talk about shooting yourself in the foot? Look at Cincinnati. Um, yeah. So I think you're going to see a ton of rushing attempts. I think he's not going to breach 100 yards because the Chicago's looking for him, and they're not really too afraid of Ryan Tannehill and company. Um, you know, if he does have over 100 yards, that means you had another 98-yard breakout from Derrick Henry on a missed tackle, so. Yeah, I mean, with Henry, obviously, you know, it only takes one because they just give him the ball so many times. Like, just eventually he's going to break one. doesn't matter how good your defense is. Um, the only note I have left on that game is go Allen Robinson go because I have him in my dynasty league and watching Nick Foles slash Mitch, Mitch Trubisky try to throw him the ball is like, it's, oh, it's terrible. It's so terrible. I think we can – I also think we could stop saying – because you and I both do this. We both say slash Mitch. I think we could stop saying that. They've went with Nick Foles, who also can't make throws. So we could no, just I say don't. Nick Foles. I mean, how many do you? What is me? Because I have him. I've had him in my dynasty league since he was on the Jaguars. So I've watched Blake Bortles throw this man passes, and then Mitch Trubisky, and now Nick Foles, and like I just feel bad for him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, he's, <laughs> it's, a, it's he's, a sad life out there. <laughs> but he's in the same. He's in the same boat as Julio. You know. Well, oh, Matt Ryan's a hundred times better than anyone Allen Robinson. Like Keenan Allen, I think is a great wide receiver. He'll never see a ring. It... No, but I mean for fantasy purposes, I just feel bad for him. Listen, yeah. if you if you want a ring, it's pretty easy. You just go find a really good quarterback, take less money, and go win. Find Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, a Rob. When your contract's over after this year, why not? We don't. <laughs> why not, buddy? Um, <laughs> so let's go to the next game because we got to try to get through some of these. Uh, Baltimore Ravens at the Indianapolis Colts. Indianapolis Colts defense, sneaky, sneaky, sneaky good this year. The Ravens, something is not right with their offense, even though they did wake up last week without Mark Ingram, um, which is probably better off for them because they could use a more younger, spry running back the way they run the ball. Um, 
the Colts play a ton of zone defense, which will probably prevent Lamar Jackson from running, but it's going to leave a bunch of holes uh, on those middle of the field throws. So I'm curious to see how that, how they operate there. Baltimore just lost uh, Stanley, their left tackle, which is not good, even though he just signed like a $99 million extension. So at least he got paid before he got hurt for his sake. It uh, looks like Mark Ingram is not going to play. So it's going to be uh, J.K. Dobbins and the Gus bus in the backfield for the Ravens there. Um, but I do think that, uh, and then I'll let you go. I do think that the Ravens kind of force feed Marquise Brown a little bit after he uh, his little Twitter outbreak last week about having players and never using them. Uh, which is true because Baltimore does not throw the ball down the field. Um, and with the Colts, I don't trust Phillip Rivers still, even after last week. I just don't trust them. Yeah, these are two teams that I don't trust at all. So I had said in the Beak Fun report of weeks six, seven, and eight, I, the same thing was stop betting against the Indianapolis Colts as lessons we've learned. And I continue to do it. And I'm honestly probably going to do it again here. But, um, you know, when you bet against Phillip Rivers, you usually win. The problem is Indianapolis Colts defense is, is like you said, very sneaky good, but I don't know how sneaky it is because they do have a winning record. Yeah, words out now. Yeah. So it's yeah. not so sneaky. It's just now considered a good defense, I guess. Um, the problem is, like I said, uh, uh, the, the problem for me is the Baltimore defense side of it. Yes. They lost their games, but I, I still don't think that's a bad defense. I still think they're one of the top five defenses. And I do not trust Philip Rivers throwing against that defense. He, that is screaming, let Philip Rivers throw the ball, especially with like the poor performance coming out of the run game from Indianapolis. I do not trust this game. Indianapolis are home dogs by a point and a half. The overrun is at 47. I'm not going to touch anything here because if they do decide to feed MB uh, Hollywood, then, you know, this could be a big blowout game for the Ravens. But I mean, even the Colts pass defense hasn't been terrible so you know you can yes you could throw against the Colts but I've seen worse pass defenses like the Chiefs like uh no the Chiefs have been decent but um you know I'm just a little frustrated uh you know like Seattle you compare anyone against Seattle I guess it's not really fair to say that these teams are better but I I'm done betting against the Colts and I, I said it last week and I'll say it again I don't think the Ravens are a play they're a playoff team they're not a Super Bowl team okay Lamar cannot get it done. Their run game, for some reason, they're not feeding Dobbins the ball, and he's clearly the best back in that backfield. You know, they did last week. We'll see what they do again. But Mark Ingram's not the answer. I understand how much of a presence he is in the locker room. Scratch that idea, okay? It's time to move on and win some games here. Um, so with that said, I am going to take the Indianapolis Colts if you're going to make me. Oh, really? I'm taking the Ravens. No, I don't trust them anymore. I, we haven't seen Lamar Jackson throw the ball in four weeks. Why is he going to start now? Lamar Jackson hasn't thrown the ball since he left Louisville, so that's not really a new slash there. Oh, um, come on. His MVP season, he threw a ton of touchdowns last year. Yeah, short ones. They're still so touchdowns, though. They're all made the same. Yep, I feel you. Um, I just think Baltimore is a better team. Because like you said, if, it, if this turns into Lamar Jackson versus Phillip Rivers – even though Lamar Jackson has not been throwing the ball well, I'm still taking Lamar Jackson because there's but no way I want. To, yeah, it has to go that way, though, no? Well, I would assume Baltimore is going to try to run the ball down the Colts' throats because Colts play a lot of Tampa 2 defense, which means their linebackers bailing. But are you going to play that defense against the Ravens? Probably not, which means you're not playing your base defense. So I don't know if I like that. 
Okay. No, I understand. Yeah. It makes sense. Like it's close. I mean, I think it's going to be close. I don't think Baltimore is going to kill him. Yeah. It's I mean, unless Rivers has one of those like three or four turnover games, then yeah, they'll probably murder him. But yeah, I think it's either close or I think the Ravens destroy him. Uh, you, you know, it's, yeah. it's going to be a close Colts win because of that Ravens defense. But you know, I wouldn't be surprised at either outcome. So. All right, moving on to the next game on the slate. We have the Carolina Panthers with Lou's favorite quarterback at the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, we just learned a couple hours ago that Chris Jones will miss the game. He has COVID. Terrible news for the Chiefs because he's our only presence of interior pass rush. Um, I got to check. I know Frank Clark didn't practice yesterday either, so that could really be not good if he doesn't go on Sunday. Um, McCaffrey should be back for the Panthers. The Chiefs' pass defense is actually like top five in the league, which is crazy. Uh, but they're 30th in run defense. They're pathetic. And if Chris Jones doesn't play, it's only going to get worse. Um, so that's not a good matchup against McCaffrey there. Uh, I'll keep this short and sweet like I did for the Friday fire. So if you didn't read that, go check it out. Um, there is no way the Carolina Panthers will be holding the Chiefs to under 30 points, which means they have no chance of winning this game. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> um, that run game is it's getting scary because – Week in and week out, we're just watching guys run all over the Chiefs. I mean, we do, we do a little better when the media starts saying how bad we are. Then we're like, okay, guys, we got to get it together. Um, but Christian McCaffrey, probably one of the best running backs that we'll ever see. And he's coming back. I do think, you know, if he does come back, it's going to be a, a somewhat limited role. I can't see them feeding him the ball, him being on there for 100% of snaps like it was, dude. He's – you know, I know he's eager to get back, but he did say he's not going to play unless he's 100%, which does scare me because he's ready to play, he says. <laughs> um, but if he does come back, I think coaching needs to be – you need to, you know, maybe we'll see him 60%, 70% of snaps, which is still a lot. Um, well, either way, Mike Davis has been killing it for them anyway. Yes. So it's not like – I mean, obviously he's not Christian McCaffrey, but he's been doing really well. He has, you know, it's not many backups you trust like you trust Mike Davis, which is interesting because you could put him on any other team. He's not performing this way. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm not afraid of Teddy Bridgewater. He's had a few good performances this season. I will admit that. Um, but he's about where I had him ranked, about QB 17. Um, but you're not beating Kansas City. The problem here is the points, Tim. Uh, the line keeps getting bigger. It was at eight and a half as of Tuesday, as of today. Uh, Thursday it is now 10 and a half and I'm never gonna bet the dog on this so I'm not gonna take those Carolina points but I actually don't know how happy I am to take the Kansas City 10 and a half yeah see I think uh, Teddy Bridgewater is one of those guys where if he had a defense I'd say he definitely covers that but the Panthers defense is awful they're bad against the pass um, and this is not a good team to be bad against the pass <laughs> because that's all the chiefs do. So uh, they could be in trouble. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not really worried about Pat moving the ball. I'm worried about Christian McCaffrey moving the ball. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I'm with you on that. We just got to get a couple of stops and we'll be fine. All but, right. Last thing over under is 52 and a half. I don't like it. I uh, see the chiefs might cover that by themselves. So you got to think like the way I think about the chiefs over under is this like, so Mahomes has been held to under like 28 points only like four or five times in his career. So like, you're pretty much more, you're more than halfway there already. You just need the other team to show up and you're going to hit the over on that. Yeah. I just, but I think 52 is a good number because, you know, 
what do run teams do against the Chiefs every single time? They do nothing but run the ball. And when you're looking at the time of possession, it's like 28 and then two for the first half. <laughs> so, and the Chiefs are somehow up by 28 points. Yeah. The, Chiefs like, have just, the, the Chiefs have the ball for all of like five real-time minutes and they have 21 points somehow. Yeah, but like <laughs> that's what I'm saying. The perfect game plan here is that the Panthers don't need to use Teddy Bridgewater. If Christian McCaffrey starts averaging six, seven yards a carry, put Mike Davison on third and one, there we are never going to touch that football. Those are the games the Chiefs lose, yes. by the way. Because what happens and, is Mahomes gets frustrated that he doesn't have the ball, and then he starts doing stupid stuff like on third and two, throwing it like 65 yards down the field instead of just <laughs> moving the chains. We turn it over, and they have the ball back. Um, I'm still taking the Chiefs to win. Yeah, obviously. me too. Yeah. Me too, but I am saying, you know, yeah, these are the games that are not good for the Chiefs. Chiefs. Yeah. With CMC back, 10 and a half points scares me. I'll probably still take it because it's the Chiefs, but I'm ready to move on because this is giving me uh hard Yeah, break. the way I, I treated Tom Brady, which was you never bet against Tom Brady, is the way I kind of look at Russell Wilson and Pat Mahomes. I'm just not going to do it. I'm just never going to do it. I'm either not going to bet at all or I'm going to bet their side. Um, so the next game, I was interested in this. Detroit Lions at Minnesota Vikings. However, Matt Stafford, covid Kenny Galladay injured, so I no longer care. Um, I'm assuming you're taking the Vikings without Stafford playing. Yes. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Do you want? Do you have anything else you want to add to that, or we can just move on? I mean, Vegas took down their line, so I have nothing for you. Yeah, yeah, they took it down when I wrote the fi- uh, Friday Fire. Also, all right, so we're on the Dalvin Cook train, all aboard. Next game, uh, the New York Giants at the Washington Football Team. Still sounds ridiculous every time I say it. Um, the Giants played a really competitive game against Tampa on Monday, which really surprised me because I thought Tampa was going to like mollywop them. So I know you have uh, some New York Giants in your blood or some former New York Giants in your blood. How you feel about this game? Not great. And it's because I think I'm wrong about Daniel Jones. Um, I said in the beginning of the season, you know, I don't want to keep referring to the rankings. I did have them just outside QB one territory. So he, I think I had him 13 or 14. Um, just watching him play is, is very disappointing. The New York giants had the opportunity to at least tie the game against Tampa Bay and, you know, second year quarterback, Daniel Jones comes out and he completely botches the two point conversion play. It's the same play. You see every team in the NFL run for a two point conversion where they flare out a wide receiver And it's a quick throw from the quarterback. Daniel Jones takes two steps, which equates to about a second and a half, which gives that time, that outside backer or corner time to step up and make the play. And that's exactly what happened. I don't want to hear that it was pass interference because it really wasn't. Even if you want to consider it and you want want to go technicalities, fine. It was pass interference. But it was such a bang-bang play that that shouldn't have happened. But instead, it was not a bang-bang play because Daniel Jones is continuing to throw bad picks and make rookie mistakes. So how do I feel about this game? I hope Washington wipes the slate with them because Daniel Jones seems to play better after a humiliating loss. So the way I'm looking at it is a little different than that. Instead of looking at the last play of the game, uh, Daniel Jones missed Darius Slayton at least three times wide open for like a 55 plus yard touchdown. Like they literally could have been up by like 20 something in the fourth quarter. Um, so that's what concerns me more about that. Uh, for my brother's sake, I hope the Giants win this game because if not, I'm never going to hear the end of it at the Redskins, uh, the football team, whatever you want to call them. 
have three wins uh, or whatever, and he's going to be infuriated. Yeah, I mean, tank so, for Trevor Lawrence. Go Giants, yeah. go. <laughs> um, for Trevor who Lawrence you, you going to take Washington in this game? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, next game. This is really big for the first pick in the draft. So if you look at it on paper, it's not great, right? Two one-win teams going at it, but one of these teams has to win, <laughs> which is going to put them out of contention for Trevor Lawrence because there's no way in hell the Jets win two games. So – Houston Texans at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Unfortunately, Minshew mania is over. Jake Luton, who I don't even know who that is, will be making his NFL debut this week, starting quarterback for the Jaguars. Uh, Deshaun Watson and friends held on to all of their players at the deadline, which makes no sense because they have no cap space and no draft picks, but we can talk about that at a later time. Um, If you're a Jets fan, you really, really need Jacksonville to win this game. Like, because then you'd have the first pick pretty much clinched. Because um, Houston's too good with Watson. They'll win a second game somewhere else. Um, this this one could get ugly, though, if, if Luton comes out and <laughs> plays horribly. So what are your thoughts? My thoughts are this is the most disrespectful line Vegas has done probably in modern NFL history. The fact that Jacksonville – are only seven point dogs and we've never heard of this quarterback. Like this is insane. So they must think Houston is terrible. I think Houston easily wins this football game. I I mean, I can't see. Wow. Uh, I mean, fantasy roster guys, Hey, go out there, pick up Houston's defense because you should always be looking to start against a guy that you've never heard of. Look at what happened in Dallas this week with Gucci Danucci. I mean, that guy sucked. That was bad. Yeah, if you have anyone playing in fantasy in this game, you're starting everyone. James Robinson, DJ Chark, you know, obviously Fuller, Randall Cobb, David John, every single person you're starting all of them. There's going to be no defense in this game. The towel boy from Houston. Yeah, everyone. Put him out. Yeah. Um, So I'm going to take Houston. I'm assuming you're also going to take Houston. Yes. Yeah, okay. 50 and a half point over under. Do you like it? No, because I don't know if the Jacks, <laughs> Jaguars are going to put up any points. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, all right, moving to the 4 o'clock slate here. You have the Las Vegas Raiders, who I'll talk about in a second, against the L.A. Chargers. The Chargers have now blown a 10-point-plus lead in the last four games, which will probably result in Anthony Lynn getting fired at the end of this year. So Jets fans keep an eye out for that because he's an ex Jets coach. Um, The Raiders, I guess it's time for me to admit that I was wrong about them because I had them pegged for about five or six wins and it looks like they're going to win nine. So sorry, John Gruden and friends. I just didn't think your defense was any good, which it's not, but at least Derek Carr is balling with some weapons that can actually get open. Uh, so I wrote about this game for the Friday fire. So I'm going to let you handle this one again. So what do you, what do you got for this week on the uh, Raiders chargers game? Um, I'm not going to formally apologize, but I was also wrong um, somewhat about the Raiders, which sucks. And, but here's why I'm not also apologizing because two wrongs make a right. Um, I, I think we were also wrong about the Chargers defense. The chargers really haven't been playing solid D to the level that we had expected. I thought they were going to be a top five defense. All their guys are hurt. Thurman James is on IR. I know Joey Bosa's hurt. Melvin Ingram's hurt. 
I get it, but listen, listen, how many games do we go through and we're just like, oh, yeah, half their team is hurt. Everyone's hurt. We got to stop using it as an excuse. They got to play better. But that, you know, like I said, so I'm technically right about both of these because negative times a negative is a positive. So I'm not going to apologize. But for this game, and I, I know you're right. I know you're saying, like, obviously we're wrong because of the injuries and we couldn't have anticipated these would happen. And you don't put injury risk in your pre-rankings. I, I know. But um, with that said, I think no injuries to the Raiders offense, and we just thought they were going to be terrible anyway. So I guess I like the Raiders here, and it is a pick em. So, um, you know, I like the Raiders, but I, I don't know, man. I just think the kid is balling out for the Chargers. He looks good. Say, you traded me Big Ben instead of him, and you, you really did it to me there. <laughs> Well, Big Ben has decided to uh, – the first couple of weeks, he was good, Big Ben. And then as soon as I traded him to you, he reverted to let me uh, force to spawn the triple coverage like five times a game, Big Ben, which is why you hate him. I'm all in on Team Justin Herbert, which makes me upset as a Chiefs fan because like, this guy's actually good, <laughs> which is unfortunate because now we have to play him twice a year. I mean, because the Chargers are the only team that really gives the Chiefs problems because they can get home with four and they play everyone back in zone, um, like that cover three they run over there. So, I mean, right now it's not really a big deal because they have no pass rush and they don't have any safeties. But, like, if everyone was healthy, um, we could have a problem. But I'm going to take the Chargers here strictly because of Herbert and, like, eventually their defense has to show up. I like that pick. I agree. I agree. And if Um, if anyone wants to tell me it's going to be the Raiders – yeah, go ahead. That's why it's a pick them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could again. This isn't. This is the second game we're saying this this week. Neither outcome is going to surprise me, um, but I think that the Raiders have been playing a little above their level. So maybe you know, you know, like I say, water always finds its level. It's time for it to uh, settle back down. Yeah, I feel you on that. All right, next game: Pittsburgh Steelers at the Dallas Cowboys. Fucking barn burner. Thumb this up for you real quick. Yeah, the Cowboys are going to get steamrolled here. Next game. All right. Miami Dolphins at the Arizona Cardinals. Um, these are these are two teams that are super interesting. You have Lou's favorite NFC team, Arizona, against Miami, who's been playing really well on both sides of the ball. But Tua looked not so great last week. I know first NFL start. Slash, he didn't have to do anything because the defense won the game for him in the first half because Jared Goff's terrible. Uh, but now he has to play a real quarterback in Kyler Murray, your boy. Um, real quick for me, I, Miami traveling west, you don't really love that, but it, it is what it is. Like you said before, like they're used to it at this point. They just do it all the time. Um, I just don't know. Like Arizona's defense is bad. Um, Miami's defense is good. Arizona's offense is good. Miami's offense is currently up in the air. Miles Gaskin is hurt. It looks like Matt Breed is not going to play either because um, he's always hurt. So can Tua carry the offense on his back is really the question. Um, so obviously I like Arizona. And, yes, that is the question, and I'll answer it no. I love Tua. I think he's a great quarterback. But, I mean – you'd think that the guy's going to go out there and try and show something his first start. And listen to your point, I get it. He didn't need to show anything, but he showed nothing really. I mean, a hundred total yards at your first QB start. That's not what you're looking for. 
So, you know, I know this isn't specifically a fantasy podcast here, but I would move, if you have Devontae Parker, you should move him now because I don't know what we're going to be seeing out of Tua. And apparently Miami's not concerned about winning or they would have left Fitzpatrick in there because he's been playing the best in his career. So they're going to let Tua take his time to develop into the quarterback that they want him to be, which is a scary thought because he should be out there 26, 30 attempts minimum a game. Um, scary. I mean, I, and Arizona's defense, I really don't think they're as bad as everyone's saying they are. Um, you know, I think they have some rookies that we shall mention um, that could be playing more and haven't been until as of late. But, um, you know, he had a big pick against Seattle. People forget that. And we'll see what they do going forward. But I think Arizona doesn't really have much of a problem here against Miami. Yeah, so, I mean, you know I'm going to stand by this. Uh, I was team no Tua. I didn't want him. I don't like – no. I was, I was out on him. Now, obviously, last week, am I going to slam him for that? No, because they didn't ask him to throw the ball. So, that's why his stats were underwhelming because Jared Goff's terrible. Um, I'm also going to take Arizona, mostly because Kyler Murray is really good, <laughs> and that's pretty much it. Yeah, over under 49, I actually like the under. Like I said, you know, I understand it's two not great defenses, but I don't think you're going to see much offensive production out of Arizona. And Miami uh, – sorry, out of Miami – and uh, Miami's defense really hasn't been stepping up all season. They had a really good game last week. But if we start considering that the norm, I think that's ludicrous. So I think it's going to be a somewhat boring, low-scoring game. Arizona is going to be able to control the ball. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. Okay. I mean, Miami's defense is better than that. I think they're like a top-five scoring defense right now. They just started off really slow. That was the problem. Right. Um. All right, so anyway, two games left on the, on the slate here. Sunday Night Football, Noodle Alarm Drew Brees and Cry Baby Mike Thomas against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Antonio Brown. So it's almost like you have Tony, Antonio Brown on the Buccaneers and Antonio Brown Jr. on the Saints. So that should be exciting. Hopefully they both play a lot in this game. Um, last time we did a pod and these two teams played each other, which was week one, uh, I kind of went off on this. So I'll let you go first. Two legendary quarterbacks. Two teams that think they're Super Bowl contenders. What do you got this week? Well, Tampa Bay is clearly the better football team. The problem I have is that they've shown that they play poorly against subpar quarterback play. So, um, you know, Daniel Jones almost, like I said, won that game. Uh, Drew Brees makes the same kind of stupid throws, but very, you know, closer to him because he's not throwing that far down the field. But those dink and dunk passes will mess anyone up. So we're about to see what kind of defense Tampa Bay has um, you know people are saying that they probably have one of the better defenses in the league well we'll see it here because for some reason no one can steam to stop Alvin Kamara uh, flare him to the left flare him to the right screen him you know handoff draw whatever you want to do no one seems to have an answer for that man and we'll see if Tampa Bay does also is Mike Thomas playing he might play I don't okay, know so That's he's not current. playing yeah he's not playing <laughs> Alvin Kamara is like so weird because it's like he has a force field around him. He doesn't even put moves on. He literally just runs straight and people like slide off him like he's covered in grease or something. Like it's it's the strangest thing I've ever seen in my life. I don't know. I think you need to, they need to just once put a spy on him for one drive. See how that goes. Make Drew Brees throw the football and you will win the game. 
Well, teams have been catching on with that. If the if the Bears had any offense whatsoever, they that would have worked last week. Right. So we'll see if Tampa can do it this week. So you gonna take Tampa? Is that Tampa Bay at? four and a half. I'm taking Tampa Bay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on Tampa Bay as well this week. Over last game. Oh, sorry. Sorry. No, I was just saying over under fifty one. Uh, I kind of like the over, but yeah, I don't want any part of that. <laughs> um, okay. Last game, Patriots at the Jets. Woo! Great. Okay. Uh, you get to see Cam Newton, who can't hit a wide open throw against Sam Darnold, who doesn't throw to the wide open guy. So that's great. That's a great <laughs> game. Um, I'm assuming that the Patriots make the Darnold look stupid and they win the game. That's pretty much my analysis. <laughs> Nailed it. I, I have nothing else to add. Um, over-unders at 41. You have two of the worst offenses in football. Um, I get, The Patriots' defense isn't horrible. Um, can we end the show? Yeah, I think so. That pretty much is going to We really should have done that game first so we had something else to talk about. Yeah. All right. Well, either way, (laughs) (laughs) that wraps it up for me and Lou. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Beak Brands. Make sure you do that. You can follow me at Tim Ferdinand. You can follow Lou at Lou Jocks. Uh, Also, big shout out. uh, You can follow our friend Tom Rupel at Thomas underscore Jonathan. He is a Beak Brands contributing member. uh, For if you like UFC and people beating each other up, he's your guy. Um, and that pretty much wraps it up for us tonight. Yeah. All I want to say is uh, frequently check our link in bio and our websites. We have blogs going up all day long, mostly Tim. Tim's working his ass off. We're very happy to have him on board. Um, Tim also keeps my ass in check. And, uh, you know, like, like Tim said, just follow us and support us, share our stuff, comment, tell us what you think. If you think we're a bunch of idiots, let us know. We love to engage. Um, so, uh, thank you guys and we love you.